the advice on social media and everything else really you it sounds like it all sounds good on the outside but when it comes down to the inside it takes the lord to fix you and so um our message for this morning is part two we're dealing with running to win first corinthians 9 24 27 let's bow in prayer father god Thank you for choosing us before the foundations of the world. Thank you for your great love and care for us. Thank you that you have a plan for each one of us as to not only to run, but how we run the race. Thank you, Lord, that you are our coach. You have the Holy Spirit right there telling us what to do and how to pace ourselves and what to look at and what not to look at and how to stay focused. Lord, help me to continue to explain this to the saints. Help us, Lord, to be good runners. Good runners. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. First Corinthians is our, our key verse there. First Corinthians 9.24 says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one received the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every uh, athlete ex exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air. But I discipline my body and keep it under control. Lest after preaching to others, I may myself may be disqualified. You know, one of the things I uh, think about athletes is that uh, to be to practice for the Olympics for four years and get there and then be disqualified. There are some folks who are right here under the sound of my voice. If you don't obey the Lord, you will be disqualified. That, I'm not talking about your salvation. Take that off the table. Don't expect anything as far as gifts are concerned. Um, the Bible says some will be saved yet as by fire. You'll be coming out with smokes, dear Lord. But, uh, <laughs> but the whole idea is that Paul is saying there's a way that you run. Uh, before we get into the full text of that, I just wanted to just kind of give some, uh, to round off some things. One, number one is that we uh, talked about in our um, uh, talk last week, in our review, we were running a spiritual race challenged by the world, the flesh, our old sinful nature, and the devil. We discussed the strength and tenacity, tenacity of the drive to serve and obtain the crown of righteousness. Let me throw this in just a, just a re reminder. When we talked about, uh, I gave an illustration about the tortoise and the hare. Uh, and we, we talked about how they were in the race and uh, we dra dramatized it and we interviewed the tortoise as, as the hare disappeared over the hill. And we uh, asked the tortoise three questions. Question one to the tortoise was, uh, you see that rabbit running? He says, uh, are your eyes on that rabbit? He said, no, I don't keep my eye on the rabbit. I keep my eye on the goal. And then they said, well, tortoise, why did you give him in the race in the first place? To win? He said, no, I didn't tell him I'll win. I told him I'll race you. I got in the race to finish. I keep my eye on the goal 
I got in to finish. And the tortoise said, well, by the way, uh, I can't get started unless I start one step at a time. And of course, we know the end of it. The rabbit got overwhelmed with it and thought he would hit the game, fell asleep. The tortoise passed him up, won, won the whole thing. That's Aesop's fable. Ah, oh. but some of us are keeping our eyes on what other folks are doing and don't realize you're in a race that you keep your eye on the goal. You see, uh, you're determined to finish, and it's one step at a time. And there's sometimes you might stumble, but he'll pick you up. Um, so let us consider a few points from last week. Paul's opportunity, First um, Corinthians nine twenty four. Do not do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain it. That was the first thing we uh, talked about in our review. The next was Paul's objective. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control. That's after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Okay. Paul's testimony left a rich and encouraging legacy. I have fought the good fight. I finished the race and kept the faith. Fought, finished, kept. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will reward to me on that day, and not only to me, but that conjunction with a function, also to all who have loved his appearance. Paul says, not only would I, I know what I'm going to get, but I want to let you know that you can have the same thing. This is not a Paul thing. It's, it's a thing for the whole saints of God to win. So, that's what he said. He left that, um, that rich and encouraging legacy going on. Then from that, that point, Paul made it very clear that only spiritual winners can win. What did I say? Only what? One more time. See, it had to be spiritual. The, uh, a person who's not a winner, they're not going to win. A person who's going to drop out of the race or sitting in the car and, and they're riding you behind the race, no. You have to run the race. And in order to run the race, the thing that should be distinguished with you is that you are a person that knows, honor, and always love the Lord. There's never a time, never a time that you do it yourself. You have a problem with that? Take it up with the Lord. So he says this, and I kind of broke the verses out. Fight the good fight. In other words, stay in the battle. Finish with a sense of accomplishment. Okay. Um, find satisfaction in being faithful and true. Understand, your level of satisfaction will be uh, to others You've been snobby and you don't care. Don't let people define who you are. Keep smiling anyway. Understand, the sunshine in us move from the inside out. These folks need to be happy. Happy with this, happy with that, happy. And then they are happy. No, we have joy. And that joy starts from the inside out. Don't let folks take that away from you. Feel the joy and anticipation of being crowned by our Lord. Can you see it? 
You haven't stopped to visualize that yet. You haven't stopped to realize that when everything is over, we don't have to have our prayer groups and everything else. We will see him face to face, the one who loves us with everlasting love. Can't you see it? It's coming every day. Every time that sun goes down and uh, then it comes back and, and uh, then it rises the next morning. Every time you see this, understand something. It draws us closer and closer and closer to the Lord. As I log in every day, I have a tendency to log in uh, my thoughts. And, and one of the things I do is remind myself, remind myself of my Heavenly Father and that He has it all together. And then I write down my intentions for that day. Feel the joy. Yeah. If you're not feeling, how do you expect to get it? Uh, one, one person I, I really appreciate, Fujik, um, I think it was that, you are responsible for your joy. Repeat that to me. I am responsible for my joy. People cannot give you joy but you can express joy, okay? Folks may make you laugh, but to have real joy, I mean, wonderful joy, that's when Jesus is in, in, in your heart, and, and that's why you're, you can, you're responsible for your joy. Why do you think the Bible tells us, rejoice in the Lord always? Again, I say rejoice. Is it because you decide to rejoice in the Lord, regardless of the circumstances? Faithfully uh, encourage others to stay with God's plan. He says, not for me only, but all those who love his appearance. So, uh, again, quote, <laughs> that's the uh, basically the review as we move on. Um, for the record, God did not place us in the race to suffer loss. Never give up. Uh, Churchill and when his speech was saying, um, as the German army was advancing and all these other things, he said, never give up. The bombing and everything that's going on, he kept telling them, never, over the radio, never, never, never give up. Believers, we are more than conquerors through him that love us. Never, never, never give up. Thinking it through. The question on the table is, how? How do I run this race? Um, and, uh, and what steps are necessary to finish well? So far, we have all covered three of, of the seven steps that would ensure our success. If we're going to run a good race, it starts from the inside out. The first thing you do is uh, solitude. Get along with God. We talked about that in our initial. Get along with God. Now, the next one is worship. Attach real worship work to the Lord you are serving. There are some things, I was asked, I was asked the question at a marriage conference, one thing, uh, he said, um, Pastor, he said, um, what keeps you from sinning? I said, I have, um, have about five or six pictures in my mind at all times. Number one, I remember how much the Lord loved. And for me to sin is to forget that. Number two, I cannot sin because God has blessed me with a wife and family. 
and the name will be thrown in the mud. Number three, my testimony before the world rides on how I walk. Number four, when it comes down to Satan accusing me before the Father after he all the Lord have done, I would be personally, I would be highly embarrassed. Highly embarrassed. I can't let God down. I can't let God down. Five. It makes sure that the next step I do today and tomorrow is a result of me being faithful today. I got these got these pictures all the time. You mean you 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 stumble? There are times when I do stumble, but the Lord says if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so, um, and so I think that's very important. And so uh, solitude, worship, prayer, to ensure that the other disciples will uh, activate, uh, 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 sorry, activate effectively, it is imperative for us to master these three disciplines. So <laughs> all this time, this is our review. All, all, so far, we're talking about the whole idea is get along with God. Number two, when you get along with God, pump up your worship time with him. Then number three, go to him in prayer. What should I pray about? Everything. <laughs> Everything. Don't be selective. Whatever you're holding back, he already knows. Tell him about it. Put it all on the table. Whatever you don't put all on the table, that'll be the next thing you'll use in your next prayer. And you're praying about the same thing for years and years and years and years. Just lay it all out. All right, in review. The purpose of the discipline we are studying is designed to keep us sensitive, balanced, and effective. So we're going to take you through the four. We don't finish all, all the time in, in a unique amount of time. We're taking the part three. The discipline of confession. The discipline of Bible study. The discipline of scriptural memory. And then the duty and discipline of serving others. See, what, what's happening is there's folks are overwhelming themselves and pushing themselves to do a lot of things. And God is saying, you're doing a lot of things, and that's not what I'm concerned about right now. I'm concerned about where you are with me. Donald, that is philosophical. Oh, is it? Then look at what the Lord said to the church of Ephesus. He said, to the church of Ephesus, said, I know your work. Say, you guys are doing a bang-up job. Yes, sir. You, 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 those who say they are, are prophets and whatever the case, oh, you have put them to shame. You shut them down. So you're doing all of these things, but I have one thing against you. You don't love me like you used to. That's, that's all the things that you're doing. It's great. I clapped my hands, did a great job. But when it comes down to you loving me. And remember, we define love. Define love is not an emotion. That's the caboose of love. Real love is a being totally sold out for the ultimate good of the individual. God so loved the world 
He was totally sold out. How? He gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And so it's important then to understand that when it comes down to love, God expects us. Be careful when folks say, oh, I love you. Well, I, think I love an orange. Okay? I love a nice car, you know? Or I, 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 I love this. Folks be throwing this word love all over the place. But when it comes down to being disappointed and people for letting you down and breaking your heart, will you still love them? Will you still hang in there with them? Folks are getting married and they're, they're looking at each other all glassy-eyed. Yeah, I love you. And, everything. and then let it go along. And all of a sudden, they find that the emotions are gone. because they, And also they're gone because they were not committed. And what the Lord wants us to do is to be committed. You're going to run the race. You're going to run the race. Then I think it's important for us to keep that in mind. Okay? So um, first let's start with the discipline of confession. Get it all out. As runners, we must be clear on the necessity of addressing the flaws in your life. They will, here's what happens. They will keep you from looking back. When you, uh, will keep you from looking back, it will keep you... Uh, Guilty uh, before God. When you don't confess your sins, you're going to keep talking about what happened yesterday, yesterday, yesterday. And all of a sudden, you you talk about it long enough and folks will start marking you as that person with this particular problem. You keep, uh, you, uh, it'll keep you guilty before God. Somehow you keep doing things, hoping that God will forgive you. That's what the Buddhists and all the others are doing. That's what the Muslims are doing. They, they, many of them are doing it because, guess what? They, they think that they'll be forgiven for all the things they do. And God said, no, no. Um, keep you in a personal survival mode. Be always trying to make it. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing okay. I'm uh, under, under the circumstances. What do you mean under circumstances? How can one who's more than a conqueror uh, do that? But you see, that's what happens. It tie you into an emotional web of distress. Darken your day and strip you of your joy. Keep you from planning today. Permit Satan to influence your thinking. Cause the Holy Spirit to work on you instead of in and through you. That's why don't let anyone steal your joy. But it will happen with unconfessed sin. We have a picture here of David. And here as we look at David, Psalm 51, he's, and notice how he began to pray as he con confessed. He says, have mercy on me, O God. According to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgression and my sins is ever before me. Against you and you alone have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. I pray that we are on the same page. Are we running? Are you running with me? Don't give in or give up. Stand up and keep moving. Don't give in and give up. Stand up and keep moving. And for that to happen, you have to come before the Lord 
And the first person you have to be honest with is with the Lord. But wait a minute. Before you're honest with the Lord, you have to be honest with yourself. He says, against thee and thee alone have I sinned. You have to be honest with yourself. Quit lying to yourself. When couples come in, that's when they come in for counseling. One thing I tell them, I say, don't lie. I said, I've, I've structured the thing, whereas you answer this question, I answer this question. But if you lie to me over here, it's come very subtle over here when I come over with this one. Don't lie. And I said, here's the reason why. Now, I used to use the whiteboard. But I, I drew a line. I said, when you lie, I took the erase. I said, you erase all of credibility. I don't know when you're telling me the truth. You lie to yourself and you have the mitigated gall to lie to me? Then how can I help you? You can't be helped. And that's why I said, Lord says, confess it. He already knows it. Confess it. Let it be known. And let it be known that, Lord, long before I did something physically, I messed up spiritually against thee and thee alone. Have I sinned? Well, we're, we're good at using our pronouns. My, me, I, over. But the Lord said, okay, now, do it when you confess it. Put those pronouns there before God and say, God, it's against thee and thee alone have I. See, okay. I, I think that's for, very important for that to, to keep that in mind. Okay. Uh, number four, the discipline of Bible study. Now, when it comes down to Bible study, there's a personal responsibility. Do your best to present your, yourself to God as one approved, a workman who has no need to be ashamed, rightly divine handling the word of truth. This is the primary source of truth, 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for a doctor, for uh, I'm thinking the King James, but teaching, reproof, a correction, and for the training in righteousness. One thing that's very important, when you hear the world talk, and world, they talk a good game, good game, and, I get, and I've given you the three keys, here are the three keys. When a person speaks like they have an emphatic statement, you always ask these three questions. Why did you say it? What is your burden of proof? How to apply to me. So then, whenever you stand on truth, always don't get into these intellectual uh, uh, verbal jargon that goes on. Stay with the word of God. Beloved saints of God, not only is it true, I've, I've seen this on the uh, college at uh, Greenville uh, College, uh, the professor and everything else, and we were going toe-to-toe -to -toe and he had all of these students around the table and he was going this and this and this and this. And uh, he said, man, he said, he was, he was way off base. Uh, so, but he was, he was talking, he said, you know what? It'd be good for us to talk. Why don't you come over to my house? And I said, I'm not coming over to your house. You're talking crazy at the table. You think I'm gonna come over to your house? Well, I think I didn't wanna be insulting. But I said, no, 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 thank you. Uh, do I put down intellectuality? No. Do I put down reasoning? No. Do I put down feelings? No. They all have their place. But when it comes down to the word of God, don't ever make it second. Never compromise it. Never, never compromise the word of God. Uh, the primary source. This is the pattern that God wants uh, to see develop in our lives. 
2 Timothy 3.17, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Complete, comma, equipped for every good work. When we get into God's word, when we study God's word, I didn't say read it like a newspaper. When you study it and you actually know it, and I just want to um, uh, encourage you, if you haven't heard of it, anything, there's, there's a program out, uh, there's an app called The, the Chosen. And uh, praise the Lord for that. Thank, thank you, uh, Roland, for uh, reminding us about that. And I've, I've looked, I've sat there and listened to all, I've been to most all of their series. I mean, I sat there and they gave me background and I mean, just a number of things. I mean, it was fascinating. And what it did was it, it was able to reinforce some questions that I had, uh, reinforce some things. It, it wasn't a Bible session. No, no, that, that wasn't the issue. The thing was it reinforced some things in my life. And I just want to challenge you, thanks to God. Uh, check out uh, it's the, the app, is, it's called uh, uh, The Chosen the chosen. Uh, and you'll find that um, uh, there's some things that's been said and how God chose each one of these guys out of a mess and start straightening up their lives. That's what happens when you start getting to God's word. Because God says, you know this has been going on all these years? Cut it out. I can't. The Holy, what's the Holy Spirit's job? The Holy Spirit's job is to not come, uh, no, to uh, condemn you, but convict you. There is no, therefore, no, now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. When the Holy Spirit is talking to you, he's convicting you to take you to the throne so you will confess it. But if you're condemning, that Satan saying, you'll never be anything. You may as well quit. You, you know, this is all over. And so it's important that we stay on target by getting into the word. Now, I think you got the idea. Get into the word of God. Study God's word. Um, yeah. I believe that the shame of heaven living is when an ignorant person ventures to live and run outside God's word and running this race it must be done with a life-saving message the gospel that's targeted to a, life, to a lost world I was thinking back when uh, from, uh, there's a biblical account remember David's uh, son Epsilon was killed and they said, we need a runner, you know? And, they, and they, so they, they chose out a runner and said, and take this news back to David. And so the guy started running. Another guy said, ooh, I wanna run, I wanna run, I wanna run. I said, no, we're already, getting, no, let me run, let me run. I'm faster than him, let me run. So I said, okay, go ahead. So both of them was lickety split, running toward David. One had a message and the other one just wanted to run. Now, guess what? In that race, the one who didn't have a message was ahead of the one who had the message. And so the God said, I see two men running. Uh, two, yeah, two. I said, well, let's see. Two messages? Well, we'll see what's going on. And so they said, uh, so the first one got there. <sighs> what happened? The house thing on the line? How, how, how the troops are doing? He said, uh, uh, it's pretty bad out there, uh, okay, and uh, uh, other than that, I'm just letting you know it's pretty bad. In other words, you don't have a message. No, stand aside, stand aside, stand aside. And then, then the other one came in, live forever, okay, but things got pretty bad, and uh, 
It turned out that your son, Epsilon, tried to get away in his hair that caught in the tree, and, uh, and he was slain. One had a message, another didn't. Oh. Sometimes we're running, we don't have a message. You know, I'm labeled as a Christian and you know, I got all the titles and well, I'm doing all the things that Christians are supposed to do, but you have no depth, you have no substance that would help the person that needs to hear the message. Whether it's good or bad, tell them if you know it. And you can't know it until you get into the word and study it. Well, uh, number five. The discipline of scriptural memory. When it comes down to scriptural memory, there are several reasons why the psalmist took God's word seriously. When I said several, I don't mean seven, several reasons. One, prevention, and that is the reality of sin is blocked from entering and taking control of your mind. The next one, precaution. The indwelling of the word will develop a high sensitivity to the subtle influence of sin. Thirdly, preparation keeps us alert against the world, the flesh, and the devil. And last, preservation. It will form an excellent covering for us from Satan's influence. Satan cannot make you do anything. Uh, uh, what was the guy's name? Flip Wilson, I think it was. No, the devil made me do it. The devil didn't make you do anything. I mean, he made a skit with Kilroy about uh, the, the devil made me eat all the cake and all that stuff. But no, the devil does not make you do anything. He can influence you. And the way that he, you, no one can influence you unless you're listening. So what are you listening to? What are you responding to? And boy, there's so much. This guy can't get it out of my mind. Well, what are you, what are you looking at? What are you listening? What, what are you feeding yourself with? There are some programs now I chose, I have chosen not to look at it. One by one, I'm shutting them down. Now I'm replacing it with something that will feed me and give me insight. And guess what? I'm becoming more excited about it. There's a greater joy in it. I don't care what people say about me or think about me. It really doesn't matter because it's not about me. It's about the Lord. And that's one of the things about maturity. The moment that you start really, really reaching the level of maturity, you'll find it's not about me. It's about the Lord. When David was praying before the Lord, it says, against thee and thee alone. He didn't talk about Bathsheba and all the other things, no. He, Uriah, Uriah, uh, he didn't talk about the murder of Uriah and taking his wife and all that, no. He said, against thee and thee alone have I sinned. Have you developed that type of relationship? It, it, you, you grow to get there. Don't, you can't run like that run, that first run. You don't run to be actually all of a sudden you're spiritual. Please. It's a daily thing that God does with each one of us day after day. And as he deals with you day after day, you start laying things away. Why? Because you love the Lord. Remember that love is total commitment 
for the ultimate good of an individual. When you say, oh, how I love Jesus, total commitment. Now, if you want to get emotional about what, now if you want to cry about it, fine, as long as you understand the concept. The concept. Well, you've been very patient. Let me move on then. Um, preparation keeps us alert against the world, the flesh, and the devil. Preservation will form an excellent covering uh, for us from satanic influence. Psalm 119 I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. The King James is, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. I, I would challenge you even to, uh, in your quiet, your Bible reading, whatever you, uh, uh, the go to Psalms 119 and watch the flow of this and how David uh, talks about this. In, in the book of Psalms, there are so many words that have been used. Uh, you run across a word called uh, miska, I think it is, miska. And this word miska, that's before the psalm start. What a miska is, is that you uh, that you are not only saying the psalm, but you're, you're saying it from a testimony. So it's a testimony and a praise at the same time. So if you ever see the word miska, that's what it means. It's a testimony and praise combined at the same time. Oh, as you get into God's word, then it's not, quote, coming to church. It's collectively coming together to encourage one another, to pray with one another, and to praise our Heavenly Father. Amen? Okay. Here comes the last one. Hang in there. You, you're just looking good. Okay. Um, the duty and discipline of serving others. 2 Timothy 2, 2. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others. This is Paul telling Timothy, here's here Paul who is the runner. Here's Paul who has finished his race. He said, listen, Timothy, I've done it for you. Uh, now, what I want you to do is to give it to what type of men? Faithful men. People who really have their heart for God. Don't get bent out of shape by crowds. There were three things that Paul shared with Timothy. The resource, the things that you have heard, which means what he shared with them. Paul, Paul who um, studied on Gamaliel and all these other, Paul who was a master at, at, at a number of languages, now Timothy is under him and learned under Timothy. And, and the thing that you heard through all of this, he says, I want you. And what you heard, you received. I want you now to share with, deposit it in a good vessel. Faithful people. Faithful people. Faithful people are focused people. You can always count on them every time. Then responsibility and trust the faithful men. Then the results. This is now. When you make that deposit, it multiplies itself. It says they will be able, equipped to teach others. What I taught you, find a good vessel that can receive it. That, that you, they'll be able to teach others and run in the race. So the race is not about you. It's about God. And as you run, other folks are following after you and learning and everything else. And guess what? We begin to multiply. 
as we apply God's word to our lives, they see your pattern and they in turn share with others. That's what it's all about. And God is glorified while the world is going to hell. And let me tell you something. It's moving very quickly and shutting down one by one. All you have to do is look at our news. How much good news do you see nowadays? Afghanistan, you have uh, all of the, the, the earthquakes in, uh, in uh, uh, Russia. You have the wars going on there. India, you think going China, they changed the whole currency system and uh, they to, to Bitcoins and what have you. You cannot use find uh, money per se. If they flip the system, they try to get it worldwide. You look around and all around you, there's disturbance and earthquakes and floods and you name it. Just in America, it seems like our world is falling apart. But it does not mean you have to fall apart. Are you still together? In the course of running to win, not only are we running to receive a crown, we're setting the pace and pattern for others to learn, obey, and live lives that will glorify our Father. Why do you do what you do, what you do, Don Rackham? If I, uh, even if I was not pastor of this church, I'll still be Don Rackham. And I'll still do what I know to do because who I know. Don't ever forget who you are in Christ. You've been bought with a price. Amen. Well, one last thing, you know, we say one last thing, I mean, this preacher can ready to shut up, okay? One last thing. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will give some the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone with a new name written on the stone that no one knows except the one who receives it. I thought I was going to break it out there for you. Consider the promise of God. The person's the person, uh, the opportunity will be it will hear the provider, the Holy Spirit. The particular person, overcomers, victorious. The provision says he says four things I'm going to do. Says I'll give you up the hidden manna, just just for you. Number two, you will have a new name. Number number three. Your new name, I'll give you a rock in which your new name will be written on. Notice that he didn't say parchment or paper. No, rocks are solid. They're not going there. He said, I'm going to put it on a rock. And then he says, the privacy. No one knows except the recipient. When God, who has written your name on that rock, is only you and the Lord will know what that name means. Now, when you when you were born, your parents named you. You know, folks go around and say, "Well, what does your name mean?" You know, uh, and uh, nowadays you can find out just googling, and you can go find out what your name is. You know, and so of course I Google, and uh, it says leader. I said, "Yeah, okay, that's, I'll, I'll take that." You know, uh, instead of uh, losers at leader, I take leader. Okay, uh, but you know what? When I get the glory, my name will be shipped, but I have to be faithful. I have to be victorious. I have to be a good runner. But when I finish, 
and being victorious, then there's a name that just me and the Lord knows. It's very personal. And guess what? You work for that. With your faithfulness, you hung in there. And God will not let any, any angel give it to you. It says God himself will give you that name. Yeah, so I have a new name written down in glory. And it's mine. Oh, my. Ah, running the race. Right. Yeah, yeah, I, I trust. Winners are achievers, and we see achievers make it your business to run well. I've never seen an underachiever win. They're always labeled loser. <laughs> but when you are an achiever, that's when you stand out. Amen. Let's bow in prayer. Father God, thank you for our time together. And thank you for the whole idea that um, we're in this race to win, running to win. I heard Herbert Irwin Lutzer in his program, the whole title is Running to Win. And just personally, you just kind of broke me, helped me to think through this. And we asked the question, how do I win? How, what do I do? I said, I have a quiet time with you. I worship you. I pray. You work on all of the internal things that we can make it manifest on the outside. And there's those on the sound of my voice who maybe you've been kind of slacking your running. Don't embarrass God. Satan's glad when you run at that pace because he knows that you will not make it. And so, Lord, I just pray for those under the sound of my voice whom you have placed in the race to run well. I also pray, Lord, for those who haven't even gotten into the race. They think they're in the race. They're really uh, uh, bystanders, uh, observers. They're not in the race yet, Lord. To get into the race, they have to admit that they're a sinner, that Jesus Christ died for their sins, that Jesus Christ is God who, who died on the cross of Calvary for their sins. And they had to ask the Lord to forgive them of their sins as they turn away and receive Jesus as Savior and Lord. I pray, Lord, that we, starting today, start thinking, acting, planning, praising as winners because we're more than conquerors to him that love us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.